Hi, this is Kevin Lewis, host of All In With Kevin. For episode 20 of this podcast, I did a crossover episode with Ronnie from Fantasy Sports Fiends. Fantasy Sports, F-E-E-N-Z. Go give them a listen. Um, Yeah, for this episode, I did a crossover pod with him. We speak about the New Orleans offense, the New Orleans Saints offense, and what and what the ramifications are for each skill player without Drew Brees. Uh, we speak about the art of trading and lopsided trades, the you know the art of negotiation and such. Uh, we talk about trade targets at the deadline, since the deadline for a lot of us is this week. We talk about weekly sleep, weekly sleepers and busts at each position, and we pick against the spread. We make three picks each against the spread for this week. So um, enjoy the episode. This is Ron Ron, and I'm with Kevin Lewis, the host of the podcast on Spotify, All In with Kevin Lewis. Kevin, me and you go a little back now playing fantasy sports. I want to say a good maybe seven, eight years, uh, give or take. And uh, I remember now looking back at it, it was through Twitter, I want to say. It was. So we started communicating with each other, and I want to say you invited me first to a, a baseball league. Yes, that's how, yeah. I'm yeah, pretty right? sure that's I how, yep. that, mm-hmm. but, I was, but I want to say I was the first to follow you on Twitter, and I want to say your Twitter handle is at K-L-E-W-24. Yes, it is. K-L-E-W-24. And I remember, I remember this vividly because you know, the, the shit that had me rolling was the fact that you are a Jets fan. Uh, I don't mean to, you know, put that out there, but you are a Jets fan. <laughs> And you were straight shitting on Ryan Fitzpatrick, and you had me rolling one day. And I was like, all right, this guy gets a follow. What's that guy? Kevin, I, I just uh, I want to start this podcast. We're mainly going to talk about, you know, have trade targets here and there. But first, I want to start off with uh, Drew Brees. I'm right now looking at my waiver wire, and, you know, I had Drew Brees in two leagues. And there's a couple other leagues where I drafted quarterbacks late. You know, you, you're one of those dudes as well where we, you know, sure. don't draft quarterbacks early. You know, we, we draft the Matthew Staffords of the world. I was going to put a claim for Jameis Winston, but then the news came out today that he may not be, like, the starter for, for sure. I think it might be coach speak, but it's possible that even if he is a starter, that they definitely give uh, Taysom Hill some, you know, some burn, and that's what worries me. But I'm deliberating that option right now, putting the high claim on Winston. What do you think about that? Yeah, that, that situation is a little tricky. Um, I will say this, though, to start with, with the Saints. I'm not sure which platforms have Taysom Hill as tight end eligible, but those that do have him as tight end eligible, please pick him up and just play him. Like With, with the way tight end is, it's a, it's a wasteland. So just pick him up, play him, hope that they give him 10, 12, 15 touches, let him throw a couple of passes, and call it a day. As far as the rest of them, as far as Jameis himself, I feel like he's good enough to the point where Hill probably shouldn't be a complete deterrent. And then his matchup this week is excellent because Atlanta just gives up gives up the passing yards to everybody. It doesn't even matter who you are. They give up the passing yards to everybody. So he has a good matchup. He has a good team around him. I, I, I feel like he's – like assuming that he starts, assuming that Breeze is done, right? He's officially uh, done. Right now they're saying a couple of weeks, but yeah. Okay, so like he's officially done. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, I think Winston is probably a top 12 option this week. So if, if, if you're pressed, I'd pick him up. I'd, I'd put in the waiver claim for him. And so in the main league that I'm – Thinking about this is I have Ryan Tannehill as my top quarterback. He shit the bed last week. Other options I've been looking at the last few weeks have been like guys like Drew Locke, Kirk Cousins. So even though I know that Winston is basically he could get you 31 week and then five another week because he throws like three or four intos, for the same reasons that you said, I'm definitely just gonna take a flyer just to have him as an option. And but what worries me again is the Taysom Hill thing, because I feel like even if they get it to the red zone, it's going to be basically like Taysom Hill is going to be in there taking away, you know, goal line work kind of thing, which is like similar to vulturing running backs touchdowns. Right. And if for, if Jameis comes out and struggles, like you, I'm not saying they're going to make Taysom Hill a full-time quarterback, but like, would you be shocked if they did? Like, like if Jameis comes out those two interceptions in his first three throws, would you be like, would you be shocked? If they just say, okay, you know what, Taysom, you go out there. Jameis, you sit your ass on the bench. Would you be shot? I wouldn't be. I mean, that, and that's my, that is my worry. And, you know, it's one of those things where I'm at the point right now, and Kevin, you're in this league. You joined the 14-man league. 
for this right. year. And uh, you know how it is. I mean, the only position where in the waiver wire where it's like you're, you're maybe getting some, you know, startable options is that quarterback. And I'm, I'm worried in that league because I started 5-0. and I lost five in a row. And a lot of it has to do with my decisions at quarterback each week. Because unlike you, who, you know, you drafted Stafford in the other league that we're in, the live league, you just start Stafford. You don't even think about it. You're like, fuck it. But me, I had Stafford, and every week that I bench Stafford, he goes off for 20-plus fantasy points. And in the weeks that I start him, he gives me, like, 10. And so I'm at the point where I'm like, you know what? Even if it is YOLO Winston where, you know what, he, he, he gets me 30, dope. If he gives me 10, fuck it. Like, I'm going to just take that chance. Like, how you treat Stafford is kind of, I mean, how you treat Stafford is kind of like how I would treat Jameis. Like, I mean, sorry, the other way around. How you treat Jameis is how I would treat, is how I treat Stafford in that league. It's like, all right, look, I'm starting him every week. I'm not going to stress myself out with quarterback. Like, I'm just not, Stafford's going to start. If he has a blatantly bad matchup, like if he's playing against the Ravens, okay, fine. We'll look, we'll look to the waiver wire and try and fix it. But other than that, it's like, okay, I'm going to start Stafford because I know I'm going to be pissed off when I bench him. And he goes for 320 and four, and he, and he goes for 30 points. And it's like, damn, if I just started him, I would have won this week. So it's like, I just start him and go with and go with God, basically. Like, <laughs> just start him, like, all right, yo, here, go. And then, but I would start Jameis over him, though, because I feel like Jameis has a higher ceiling. Albeit, yes, he has a lower floor, obviously. Like, <laughs> like Jameis's floor is in hell. Understood, but he has a higher ceiling than him. So I would, I would, I would make that move if I were you or somebody else. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier about Taysom Hill as a tight end eligibility, and I want to say in ESPN for sure he's tight end eligibility. He has both tight end and quarterback. I'm not sure about Yahoo. I'll have to double check that after the podcast. But you're right about tight ends, and you're actually one of the few people that I've noticed, and I was one of them for this year, and I usually don't do it where you drafted Travis Kelce early. And often in every league, and yes, you know, for that very reason, we spoke about this last week. But I just want you to reiterate your the reasonings behind that. I mean, the thing with the early rounds this year was it was a lot of you saw a lot of running backs being drafted, right? And then the wide receivers were being pushed back as a result. So when it came to round two, and, and like I drafted a ton of Kelsey, and I drafted a little bit of Kittle as well, but mostly Kelsey. When it came to round two, it was like okay. I'm choosing between Kelsey and, like, James Conner. And it's just like, I'm just not taking James Conner over Travis Kelsey. I, I will figure out RB2 because typically how, how my drafts went with Kelsey was running back, Kelsey, and then after that, some variation of RB and wide receiver for the rest of the draft, basically. But it was just either take a questionable running back or just take the guaranteed tight end, who also basically is a wide receiver one. Because that's basically what Travis Kelsey is for them. And he puts up wide receiver one production from a fantasy perspective. So I was like, all right, I'll just take Travis Kelsey. And now, to be fair, like, it, the, the, a big reason this has worked is that every league that I took Kelsey, for the most part, except one, the league that we're in, I also got James Robinson for basically free. So, like, that just puts it, that just puts it all, together, all together, puts a bow on it. Right, because this, if, this, if there's any year that um, you could have done the zero RB strategy, it would have been this year, I want to say. Um, you know, Saquon's hurt, Zeke lost value while Dak, McCaffrey's been been hurt. And speaking of McCaffrey, like last week we saw in a few leagues McCaffrey getting traded, you know, or not traded by, by me, where, you know, it was a dilemma of not knowing if he was going to be out again. You know, he just had a monster game against uh, Kansas City, and then it was like, is he coming? Is he out this week? Is he not? And if he's out this week, is he going to be out for a few weeks? Is he out for the year? And you don't get the news until late in the week. All right, he's out this week. Maybe he'll play week 11. And so you're stuck in between. And that's where I was. I was stuck in between. And I just mentioned this to you before we record. We started recording was, you know, I had an offer for Kamara and a few pieces. And it was for McCaffrey and Herbert. And Herbert was the reason why I was hesitant. And then I was like, I regretted it because the news came out soon after that, you know, McCaffrey was doubtful for week 10 and maybe more. And I should have pulled the trigger. But I've seen in other leagues where McCaffrey did get traded and it was basically, you know, the, depends on your position. If somehow you were able to, you know, enter week 10 with, a, you know, like a 6-3 and three or 7-2 and two record, you can afford a wait for McCaffrey. But if you were 4-4 right. you know, four and four or 3-5, and five, you know, where you're, you know, fighting for the playoff spot, then you're selling and you may not be getting the value you would hope for for McCaffrey. But, you know, now we're another week in. And it's just, I'm in the same boat, but for our league that we are, we're in a keeper league, 
I'm holding on to him. Even though he's going to cost me a first-round pick, he's a first-round pick. So there's no reason for me to, like, you know, like sell him and then hope, you know, to help somebody else out unless they're willing to give me a crazy package, which I haven't got. Right. Yeah, I mean, McCaffrey, keeping Christian McCaffrey is never the wrong answer. Like, unless you just have crazy keeper options, like A.J. Brown, like, in the 16th, Nick Chubb in, like, the 10th. Like, if you have crazy options like that, okay, then we could talk. But generally, I don't care where you drafted Christian McCaffrey. Like, if you can keep him, you, you keep him for the most part. And back, to circle back to your zero RB, like, we're in week 10. Imagine if you, um, you started a season, you did the zero RB stuff, and, like, James Robinson hit for you, right? And, and somewhere along the line, you picked up J.D. McKissick. Now you're starting James Robinson and J.D. McKissick. If I would have told you that shit in August, how would that sound to you? Awful, right? Now, it sounds pretty good now, though. Yeah, and I'm not going to lie. Uh, the other person that I had, and like, I, I, regret, I regret it, but it is also at the time, is a numbers crunch, right? So in the beginning of the year, not everybody, not every running back has a true handcuff. You know, there's only a select few that, you know, you know for sure if the top running back gets hurt, you know that they have a suitable replacement. And we didn't know that about Mike Davis in the beginning of the year. You know, we didn't know he was going to be the, you know, the true handcuff to McCaffrey and that he would be able to produce. And he actually kind of slowed down recently, you know, before McCaffrey returned. So it wasn't like, you know, he was this, you know. But for yeah, he didn't week, do much last week either. Yeah. So, but, you know, for, for a while there, for like a four or five week stretch, he was an RB1. And I had him in a couple of leagues and it was just like at the end of my bench stash kind of thing. But. You know, the numbers crunch is kind of like, oh, I have to drop him. But I fucked up because in that one league that I did have McCaffrey is like the one league where I should have held on and just been, you know, been more careful and held on to my handcuff, that kind of thing. But I just hate the, you know, this is why, and I don't know if you've been listening to the last few episodes of the podcast where I've been advocating for waivers to not be Wednesday and instead Thursday, where it's like it gives you that extra day of knowing the news and what's being reported. And, you know, the first practice of the week is usually Wednesdays. That kind of thing where it's like, you know, you get that. It's not an edge. Everybody's playing under the same rules, but at least you have that extra day to sort out your waivers and figure things out. But again, that's just my preference. I agree. I, I, I feel like you push the day back and you get a little bit more clarity. Like not everything is going to be crystal clear if you push the day back. I understand that. But you push the day back and maybe that person who was questionable is leaning more towards playing. Like, you know what I mean? It's just... 24 hours can clear up a lot or it can make stuff more clear or like, oh, he's trending towards the outside of questionable. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like Wednesday has always been a little bit early for waivers to run, in my opinion. Well, I'm glad you agree with me there because a few people don't agree with me there. So I'm glad that you do. So, Kevin, I'm going to go move forward on to uh, your favorite segment of my show. Uh, From the very first episode, you told me that you like this idea. And so... yes. But this week is not fantasy word of the week. It's fantasy words of the week just because of it's <laughs> I'm laughing at this because um, I kind of, you know, we're not being, you know, listened to by the, you know, back in the days, it was like those people that censor you and shit. But right. uh, the words I have here is trade rape. And so I'm going to start off with first trade. So the Webster dictionary definition for trade is to give one thing in exchange for another, the business of buying dealings between persons or group and the Webster dictionary definition for rape is, and I'll try to keep this short because there's no need to say the whole thing, but there's a lot there, bro. (laughs) Unlawful sexual activity, usually sexual intercourse carried out forcefully. I'm going to leave it that like, I'm not going to go on. It's like the, the definition I had was a lot longer than that. We'll leave it at that. All right. So the trade rape in fantasy football, fantasy sports in general, is to be taken advantage of in a most foul way in trade talks and trade offers. It is usually when it's a completely lopsided trade offer is accepted. Again, I'm going to bring up something we spoke about before we move on to our trade targets that we should target before the trade deadline. I'm going to bring up what I told you before the podcast, which was that, you know, I put out Keenan Allen on the market in our keeper league. And so I basically was telling everybody, you know, I'm in sell mode now. And so give me your best offers. And to each person's credit, there was like four or five people that gave me really good offers off the bat. And they didn't need to like ask them for what they offered. They right off the bat, they gave me good offers. But there was this one person that, you know, he started off, you know, he wanted Keenan Allen. He wanted Justin Herbert. He wanted McCaffrey. And he basically offered me one really good player and like three shitty players and a draft pick. 
And it was just like, come on, dude. Like, why are you trying to, you know, put your two fingers inside a loop bottle? Where my legs open? Like, there's no need for that. Especially when I'm in cell mode. Like, when I'm in cell mode, I mean, I, I clearly said in, in my posts that I was more concerned about, like, going forward. So I wanted, dr- like, draft picks. But I also said I wasn't trading certain players. And granted, the person, you know, reread the post and said, you know, oh, my bad, I just saw your post and what you, you know, you meant, you know, that kind of thing. All good, whatever. And, you know, your boy Pedro, he, you know, he shouted me out. He said, you know, like, I appreciate how you communicated, like, in the trade talks because not to, like, shit on anybody in particular, but, you know, sometimes people make trade offers and they just send it to the first team they look at. You know, instead of looking at everybody's team or not even that, just make a post or send a group text and say, you know what, this person's available. Send me your best offers because, yo, sometimes I know I hate this when a player is available. You had no idea they were available. Right. Wait, wait, I couldn't gotten this player for that. Like, why wasn't I involved in this trade, you know, trade talks? So I want you to like, you know, uh, if you have any funny stories when it comes to trade talks, if you want to share. I actually do. I'm glad. I'm. I and I remembered it as soon as you started talking about trade uh, trades. But um, there's one like there, there's a league that I drafted on behalf of my friend. It's a 12 team PPR league. So he, you know, he picked up James Robinson early in the season. He picked up Justin Herbert, and he drafted really well. So like you know we're cooking. Oh, he has Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill as well. So they're cooking seven and two. Everything's going great. Blah blah blah. So. His weakest point is TJ Hawkinson, which is a pretty damn good weakest point to have. So his weakest point is TJ Hawkinson. So he's like, all right, I'm going to go try and get Travis Kelsey. So he offers his buddy, um, Adam Thielen, Kareem Hunt, and TJ Hawkinson for Kelsey. So his buddy accepts it. And, and, you know, they think they have a deal, blah, blah, blah. So the trade gets vetoed. First, yeah, it gets vetoed, which is ridiculous. It gets vetoed basically, basically because the uh, the people in that league were scared, for lack of a better way to put it. That's just how it was. They they were scared. Even the commissioner was like, "Man, the thought the thought of playing against Kelsey next week terrifies me with my playoff line, with my playoff life on the line." And you know, we do a blind veto process. Nobody needs to explain why they vetoed. I'm like, what? Like, well, so basically, he got his money back and he and he dipped out the league. So there you go there's your funny trade story yeah and so and you know i'm another one that's i'm another advocate for like not i hate to veto like it's something that i do as a last resort it's kind of like if it's collusion and it's clear collusion you kind of you could tell like you know let's say you're playing a league and you know it's like a couple of co-workers a couple of friends and it's like it's always friends making trades with each other kind of thing and not with anybody else in the league and you, if you notice that kind of pattern and if it's a little... Because even to me, even when a trade looks lopsided, you know, to me, it's kind of like, yo, but the other person wanted to make that deal. Right. You know what I'm even if you view it one way, that person does it. And yo, like, we're at a point now, at least I am, where every league that I play in, everybody's experienced. You get what I'm saying? Right. So it's not like yep. nobody knows what they're doing. Nobody knows how to play fantasy football. So who are we to, you know babysit them and tell them what to do right so i, I always say that, you know all, all that all that you know you know people like oh my and, I, and then the other thing is too that people always look at the biggest player in any trade and assume you know oh my god that person got the, the better offer and to me it's not you know you got to look at both teams so it's like let's give me let me give you an example so i traded away zeke and from what I heard, everybody was just like, oh, my God, he traded Zeke. And, you know, this player has – he also has McCaffrey. And, oh, my God, this is the third. But people didn't look at my team. And I just lost George Kittle. And I was looking for, you know, a startable tight end. I was willing to take a downgrade at running back. But I was also viewing Zeke as more of an RB2 than an RB1 going forward. So that's the way I viewed him. So why would I care what anybody else looks at him still as, like, his name and thinks, you know – Oh my God, he traded. And mind you, you're looking at the other person's team and you're just thinking about the possibility of like, oh my God, Zeke and McCaffrey. But again, this is fantasy. Everything changes week to week. You know, players get hurt. So you can't look at trades when it happens and say who wins and who doesn't win the trade. You know, like that, that gets has right. to be out. Right. I mean, the, and the thing with Zeke is, well, um, is that once that got hurt, like his value went down and it was, it, it was obvious immediately because I mean, you look at the entire Dallas offense, it suffered when he went down. 
So, like, is he still playable? Yes, because he's going to get the volume. Like, Dallas is paying him an ungodly amount of money. So he's going to get the volume by default, right? So, yeah, I understand why somebody would actually trade for him. Is he still Ezekiel Elliott, where, where we got to react that way? No, like, he's just not. He's a regular mid-tier RB2, basically. Like, he's, like, RB16 or something like that. So, like, yeah, sometimes you, you got to look at the surrounding context and you got to look at what, what is on other people's rosters. And to tie it back to the main point, that's why you don't veto trades because what I may value as X, you may value as Y. What the other person may value as Z. Like, we don't all share the same brain. We don't all share. We don't all operate the same way. Are there going to be trades that piss me off? Yes. Just like everybody else. You're going to be like, well, what? well, why didn't you tell me that Michael Thomas was available? You know what I mean? Like, why? Like, why did you not make him available before trading him? But ultimately, we're all grown. We all can make our own decisions. And we shouldn't be, we, we shouldn't be babysat. Don't feel the need to erase my mistake or try to erase my mistake. Let me make it. If I'm going to make a mistake, let me make my mistake then. Right. So again, so, so the point is only if it's collusion and clear collusion, not like what you assume is collusion. Um, you know, people, a lot of times, again, and I got to bring up this story from baseball. Like a lot of people were upset when, you know, these two you know, guys, yeah, they're known as friends and nobody, in a sense, like nobody else in the league knows these two players. But I do, I know one of them. And the other person was someone else that, you know, a friend of a friend kind of thing. And so everybody was like, oh, my God, it's collusion. It's not third. But the guy's reasoning was like, yo, I'm trying to shake my team up. This is what I like most. And that was it. That's like an explanation in itself. Like, that's all. If somebody just wants to shake things up, let them shake things up. Like, the funny thing about it was the person they, you know, they said that, you know, was he was helping. They didn't do nothing. And the person who they said that was getting, quote, unquote, trade rape. Ended up, you know, in hindsight, keeping Garrett Cole. And then Garrett Cole, who started off, like, at one point was, like, you know, sluggish for the Yankees in the middle part of the 60-game season. He finished strong. Right. And then you dude won the whole the, the fantasy league. So I was just like, yo, you see, like, if you would have just let him do that trade that he wanted to shake things up, he wouldn't have Garrett Cole. Would, probably wouldn't have made the playoffs. But because you guys, you know, made a big uproar about, you know, oh, my God, he's trading Garrett Cole to this person. You know, that trade, you know, doesn't go through and then shit happens. So, Kevin, I just want to move on to uh, our topic of the week, which is the top trade targets. So, in all my leagues, I have the deadline as the day before Thanksgiving. Other leagues, uh, the the league that I made the trade for with Keenan Allen is actually this weekend, which put, you know, that's what also made my decision, you know, to to sell, you know, to expedite it because I felt like, you know, I can't wait, you know, another week to see if I win and maybe right. stay in the playoff hunt, that kind of thing. So, you know, at the same time, I was trying to, like, make a trade where I felt like, yeah, maybe I could get some draft picks upgrade, but also maybe stay in contention if there is this long shot possibility that if I win three straight, maybe with tiebreakers or something that I sneak in. You know, you never know. So I wasn't also just going to, like, sell off and, you know, just hand players away. I want to talk about certain players to target. We both made a list of a player in each position that you should target for trade talks. I'll start with you first. Who do you have as a quarterback that you would want to target if you're trying to make a trade? Uh, Joe Burrow. He, he's first in the league in pass attempts. Um, the Bengals stink, and I have no reason to believe that's going to change. And he has a lot of weapons to throw the ball to. Like, after the dud that he dropped in Pittsburgh, you might be able to get him at a reasonable price. So I feel like he's a good target. And I agree with you because before his buy, I was actually trying to, like, in a sense, buy low. The person who owns him in our 14-man league has uh, Kyler Murray as a starting quarterback. So I was like, maybe I could try to buy low on Joe Burrow. Didn't bother to send an offer because of the fact that he did have a bye week coming up and I needed help ASAP. So I didn't send an offer, but I agree with you. He is a good, uh, nice target, especially if coming off a down week. My quarterback that I would target, and it's someone, you know, that I consider a bust and, you know, for fantasy because a lot of people would have drafted him in round one or two, depending on the league, and that's Lamar Jackson. And so what I'm saying is, like, obviously, like, you're not going to, you know, trade your RB1, you know, for Lamar Jackson. But, you know, if the, if the owner of Lamar Jackson in your league is frustrated that he hasn't been as great as you know, Lamar Jackson was last year, then you want to try and, you know, get in discussions with that person and see if you get Lamar Jackson at a discount. His schedule coming up in the second half of the fantasy football season, especially in the fantasy playoffs, is amazing. And so I have him here. He's In the coming weeks, he's playing against Tennessee, Dallas, Cleveland, Jacksonville, so forth. So that's the person that I'll try to, like, you know, 
buy low, get them on a discount, and see if, you know, whoever owns them is frustrated and would trade them away and get them, you know, maybe, you know, maybe trade like, you know, an RB2 because I feel like that's, you know, like, again, with Lamar Jackson, he's, he's a, like, to me, he's like a home run hitter, bro. Like, he's someone that could get you the 30, 40-point fantasy games and win you a weekly matchup and, you know, on his own. And so I, I feel like he's one of the few players that, you know, well, one of the few quarterbacks that I'll be willing to pay, you know, a price for. As for running back, I have here Chris Carson's. He's, uh, he's been hurt. He's missed more weeks than we expected. And I feel like, you know, the owner might be waiting for him. Maybe they don't have his, you know, DJ Dallas or his handcuff. And so he's questionable again this week. So I feel like, you know, the owner might be frustrated. You might have, you know, the Seahawks schedule gets a little light. Uh, starting this week, actually, but they play the Thursday night game. But after this week, they have a lot of games where they should be favored. And so, you know, being favored, you know, playing against bad teams, you know, they should be able to run the ball and score points. So I'll be trying to buy low on on Chris Carson's. So what about your running back to target? Uh, Derek Henry for me. The schedule's beautiful for him down the stretch, like a whole bunch of cupcake opponents. He, oh, well, beside the Ravens. Like after the Ravens, it, it gets progressively easier for Derek Henry. Um, he's still very much involved. Like the offense is still centered around him. Um, he has a career high target percentage. Not that any of us are buying Derek Henry because of his catches, but every little bit matters. I, I think... You can get Derrick Henry for a relatively reasonable price. Also, it should it should be noted here that Derrick Henry destroys everything every December. Like he's the right. god of December. So if you can some somehow get somebody to get give him to you, maybe they're not aware or they forgot how good a December he is. I think you should go for it. One hundred percent agree. And I you know it's crazy that my my receiver target in trade talks would be AJ Brown for the same reasons you mentioned with their schedule. Look at the schedule they got coming up. It's the Browns, Jaguars, Lions, Packers. This that's from week thirteen through sixteen. So that's matchups that, you know, if you're fighting for the playoffs, if you get in the playoffs, you want to take advantage. It's, it's a big reason why I traded for Ryan Tannehill in another league. Uh maybe a little too soon. In hindsight, because, you know, I'm thinking too far ahead, but I just, you know, the Titans are one of the few teams that has a crazy schedule from weeks 13 on. And, you know, I, I would target any of those players, either A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, Tannehill, maybe even John o. Smith, you know, who's had a couple of down weeks for tight end. You know, Kevin, I'll pass it to you. Who's your wide receiver target? Uh, Chris Godwin. Oh, I, I know, I know Tampa has a lot of mouths to feed and – I know sometimes it could it could um, one of them can be frozen out in the offense, whether it's Evans, whether it's Brown, whether it's Godwin. I feel like there's enough to go around where Godwin is a solid higher end or wide receiver too. Uh, he seems to be uh, before the season. I thought he would be a more athletic Julian Edelman, for lack of a better way to put it. And he to me for going forward, he's probably their best bet at production at at wide receiver as far as production goes. He's averaged seven targets a game the last two weeks. He had six for 96 last week, I believe. And I don't think anybody's going to charge you an exorbitant amount to get him. And I think he's a pretty solid wide receiver, too, if you happen to need one. And I agree with you because I've been telling a lot of people that I think Antonio Brown hurts Mike Evans' value more than anyone else. Like, that one is their, you know, Brady safety net and the upgrade on the middle kind of thing. But another thing, Kevin, is that we have breaking news for the first time in podcast history. I just got this alert right now on my phone. You just made a trade. Yes, I did. Dan, which is not a shocking person to, you know, announce a trade, but with Dan. Uh, so I just want to announce the trade while we're recording. So you actually acquire A.J. Brown, who I had as a trade target, you asshole. <laughs> you acquire A.J. Brown, and you gave up Allen Robinson, who's on a bye week, I want to say, right? His bye yes, week. he is. So that works in your favor. But you also gave up a, a good, you know, zero RB dude, you know, guy that, you know, you would pick up at the end of your bench if you was savvy enough the last few weeks. Uh, Salvin Ahmed, uh, the Dolphins running back, who took over for Miles Gaskins. Uh, he's looked solid. So I'm assuming uh, Dan needed a, a running back. I actually played Dan this week. So this trade helps me in that matchup because he won't have A.J. Brown. Yes, it does. Uh, so good looking out for that one. No problem. Um, I want to say you didn't send this offer. He did. He did for sure. And you didn't hesitate, right? No, <laughs> I don't no hesitation. Know. And I'm gonna lie. Listen, uh, I was thinking about adding Allen Robinson as my wide receiver target because I would think you know AJ Brown 
has performed huge in a couple of games where maybe people will be like, I ain't trading this dude. There's no way. Right. Or, you know, if you were to trade for him, you're in a sense buying high as how well he's played. But Adam Robinson has it because of his quarterbacks. And so it doesn't matter if it's Trubisky or Nick Foles, bro. Like, yeah, he'll get, you know, in a PPR league, he probably has more value because he's still going to get his five, six catches every game. For sure. But he's not going to get the scoring opportunities and that's what kind of takes him down. And I, you know, so I'm kind of, you know, I'm just glad that you made that deal. It helped me out. Uh, but it's, it's also funny that he actually, AJ Brown came up in the podcast and he <laughs> traded for him. So bit of irony there. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the thing with that trade is in that league, I'm kind of in a weird spot where I don't know. I actively do not know if I have enough to win a title. Now, I did backdoor my way into a title last year after finishing six and fucking seven. So, like, yeah, anything is possible, understood. And so I've been, as a matter of fact, I was going to drop a message in our group chat earlier, like, hey, is the trade deadline passed or what? Because I wasn't even aware that the trade deadline didn't pass already. So, and then I realized, okay, I can just go to the app and see, can you actually propose trades? So I did that, whatever. And I've been trying to get AJ Brown off of Dan for like, what feels like a year. Did he have him last year? Uh, probably. I think he picked them up last year. I've been trying to get him off of, off of Dan for a long, long time. And usually it's just, okay, I would do that, but I'm selling. Or I would do that, but it's a little too rich for my blood. Or whatever, on down the line. So oh, I made the last offer to him a couple of weeks ago. It was like Allen Robinson and another wide receiver, maybe Sterling Shepard, something along those lines. So I didn't. he rejected. I was like, okay, I understand, blah, blah, blah. So just now, while we're recording this, I see, oh, Dan, Dan proposed to trade AJ Brown. Okay, well, what, what's he saying now? Allen Robinson. You know, I, look, I heard a little typing in the background there. You, I know you're up to something. I thought you were tweeting. <laughs> I you were no, tweeting. I was. I was actually looking at my notes, but um, <laughs> I was looking at my podcast notes. But he he did send it. I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna let Salvin Ahmed stop me from getting AJ Brown. He'll be a nine. He'll be a ninth rounder in our in that league because we ninth? have okay. Any waiver, so any waiver pickups is a ninth round uh, keeper. Right, so like he's a ninth, and I think DK Metcalf is like a twelve. Yeah, right. So like, I wasn't going to turn down an opportunity to get to get those two together. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to do it, just like the college days. AJ Brown and DK Metcalf together. I'm not going to turn that down. I made it cool. The thing with him is, like, he looks like he's really talented, but like Miles Gaskin's coming back soon, right? within right. the next week or two. So it's like, I don't know if this is going to last for him. So it's like, all right, I'll do it. Allen Robinson's on a bye week. I'll plug in AJ Brown this week. I'll play Kalen Balaj or whoever the fuck and go, go about my day. So Well, Ahmed, I actually have him as a top waiver claim. In another, and you know, Yahoo League has the rolling list for waivers. Right. And so, uh, you know, I kind of wasted mine early and then I, I'm back now at the top. And I'm more looking to get him as depth for running back because I may need to use either him or Damian Harris to try to get a tight end. That's a league where I lost George Kittle as well. Right. And so I'm thinking I'll probably have to send a trade off for you know, Damian Harris or even him and try to get myself like a Dallas Golder or Austin Hooper, that kind of like tight end level player, you know, small deal kind of thing. But that's just in those kind of leagues. But yeah, and I actually, I brought up Austin Hooper. He's actually my tight end target for anybody trying to make a trade for a tight end. Before he got hurt and before his bye week, he had five pass, uh, five catches in three straight games. And if I'm looking at the not just their schedule, but, you know, Baker Mayfield, you know, he doesn't, you know, air it out. So he's more, you know, they're going to run the ball. But when they do pass the ball, I want to say he's their number two pass catcher after Landry. So I just think that Hooper, you know, he's had a down year. He's probably get him for real, real cheap. That's my tight end target. I actually picked him up on waivers in a one league. So if anybody's looking for a tight end, a startable one uh, going forward for the rest of the year, I would target Austin Hooper. Kev, who do you have as a tight end target? All right. I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to give two. I'm not going to okay. speak too long about the first one because I don't have to, but this is more of a philosophy thing. Okay. Look, tight end's a mess. We could all agree on that. Tight end's a mess, right? Look, if you have enough and you have the means, go go trade for Travis Kelsey. Like, Yes, I know. Travis Kelsey, I shouldn't even be bringing him up. But if you have the depth, don't be afraid to do a two-for-one trade, a three-for-one trade. Hell, a four-for-one trade if it makes sense. Or a four-for-two, whatever. Go get him. He is a legitimate championship-winning kind of player. So go get him if you can. Now, to the, to the, to the rest of the peasants, <laughs> Dallas Goddard is mine. Like, I hate to put him here because Carson Wentz honestly looks awful. But if he's going to see 20% of the target rate, the target share, like he did this past Sunday, was 18%. 
I mean, as long as he's healthy, who who am I to turn my nose up at, at a 20% target rate for any tight end? I don't care who it is. Like, any tight end, you're going to give me that target rate? I feel like you're going to produce something at some point. Like, Wentz it has his problems, but I feel like given the, the nature of this position, Dallas Goddard is a, is a fine recommendation. Yeah, and I agree with you because I've also been looking at Dallas Goddard as well. And he's one of those guys, along with Hooper, that I'm looking at as like, so in a sense, by low. He, he actually looked healthier this week, but I, I want to say Richard Rodgers had more catches than he did, and they involved him. So it just goes to show you that, you know, Wentz likes to target his tight ends because even when Ertz was healthy, they, you know, they both were eating. And right. so the fact that Ertz is not even there and the fact that Richard Rodgers is getting some catches just goes to show you that Wentz would throw it to tight ends. And so... I agree with you. I, I would definitely. Uh, those are the two, uh, we mentioned the two guys that I'm actually going to try to trade for, and it's probably going to be Damian Harris. It might be Ahmed. Ideally, it'll be Ahmed because I don't like you mentioned. I don't trust his role going forward, and Gaskin should be back in the coming weeks. Uh, Kev, let's move on to our my segment in the show. It's called Sleepers, aka Steals or Buses, aka Who's of the Week. Uh, Kevin, I'm going to start with you. I asked you to give me a quarterback sleeper for this week, a quarterback that's out, that's ranked outside the top 10. Who would you pick? All right, well, we spoke about him already, so I'll keep it brief. But Jameis Winston is mine for the week. He's he's ranked at quarterback 14, projected for 16.7 points. Look, Atlanta, as I said, they give it up to whoever at quarterback. It does not matter. They don't stop anybody. They don't, they don't cover anybody. They're a QB's dream. And Jameis is an aggressive quarterback, sometimes to his downfall, obviously. And I don't expect New Orleans to dial down the, the pass attempts or act like he's some scrub. So I expect him to throw the ball plenty. I think he's a very good bet for this week. And my quarterback buzz for this week is actually Deshaun Watson. He's projected for 21 fantasy points, ranked number seven on ESPN. I, you know, to me, that when we say bust, I don't say he's like going to be a comp- like in a sense of like he's going to shit the bed and not do anything. It's Deshaun Watson. He'll get you some fantasy points. He'll get you at least 15. Just don't see that as a ceiling week. Um, he's been held actually under 20 fantasy points against teams that, you know, obviously that have tough defense, but also teams that run the ball. And it seems that like that's what the Patriots are doing now. They're not letting Cam throw it, you know, and air it out. They're kind of just grinding out games and, you know, managing the clock, that kind of thing, you know, while Tom Brady. And so I just don't see it as a week where – and this game is – I want to say the projections, it's in the mid-40s overall and the Patriots actually favored on the road by like four points and that's one of those things where it's like usually if a team is you know underdog by like a touchdown more then maybe you'll say like oh you know come back more maybe you know he'll pass it more you know that kind of thing but it's projected to be the close game so I kind of see it as an ugly close game between these two teams and and so I don't see Deshaun Watson having a crazy week 11 for fantasy I'm good and keeping with the you know this game I'm going with my RB sleeper for the week is going to be Damian Harris who I mentioned as somebody I might trade but it's also somebody that you know against the Texans are 30th against uh running backs this year in fantasy and like I mentioned the the Patriots are now a run-based team even Rex Burkhead is killing right now and you know they somehow some way you know you drafted James White and he's becoming relevant and it's because you know they're keeping it on the ground they're not really you know passing it to their, you know, running backs. Rex Burkhead a little bit, but not as much. It's just really they basically doing is let's run the ball first and second down. And if we have to, we'll pass the ball on third down if we have to let Cam throw kind of thing. And, you know, Damian Harris, yo, he's, to me, he's run away with the job from uh, Sonny Michelle returns. Whenever he returns from IR, it's Damian Harris' job. Uh, Kev, what about your RB uh, bus for this week? Uh, I got James Conner. Uh, he's RB12. Um, on the ESPN rankings list. Uh, look, this is not about the matchup because the Jaguars don't stop anything. So th- this ain't that, or it's not the team that he's on because the Steelers have no problem moving the ball, should be touching on opportunities, blah, blah, blah. But look, Connor hasn't had a couple of good weeks. He hasn't had a, a good week in about three weeks, three games. He doesn't look healthy, the most important part. Like, he looks like any explosiveness that he did have is sapped, and he wasn't super explosive to begin with. So... And he hasn't he hasn't produced, and his pass game usage isn't frequent enough to get past potential health concerns and maybe job concerns if he continues to play like this. So I got him as a bust for this week, even though I'm fully prepared, knowing James Conner's history, for that to blow up in my face. But I have him as the bust. That's hilarious. I was just telling Elias, who uh, he traded McCaffrey, and one of the big players he got back was uh, James Conner, and he was going off, you know, recent, you know, you know, just solid RB. 
to production, that kind of thing. And he was hoping, you know, going forward, you know, especially for this past week that, you know, Connor would help him and, you know, win a matchup because he couldn't afford to wait for McCaffrey, that kind of thing. And I was just like, yo, I don't know, man, something about Connor. I've been, I, I didn't even think about any, you know, injuries or anything like that. He just looks off right now. Right. So I kind of see where you're coming from. And sticking with the Steelers, I'm going with my uh, – uh, actually, I'm, I kind of skipped you right now, but I'll just go ahead and just go with the bus and I'll give you the sleeper right after. So my wide receiver bus is actually Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, uh, he's actually projected for 13.5 fantasy points at rank 11th. And the only reason I have him as a bus is because all three of those three uh, receivers in the Steelers, they all ate last week. And they have Juju – as the highest ranked, I want to say 10 spots ahead of Deontay Johnson. I actually think that Deontay Johnson is their number one. If you were to choose one of them as their number one. And, you know, and I go just based off every game that he's been healthy and hasn't left early, he's had the, the largest target share out of the three. And so I think that the fact that Juju Smith is actually ranked highest of the three is kind of kind of weird to me. So I'm just projecting them to have a bust. I know they have a great matchup this week against Jacksonville's defense, but I just don't see I, I see it being more, you know, Deontay and those other pass catchers and not Juju. Kevin, I do I know I skipped you, but what, who's your wide receiver sleeper for this week? Um phew, and another one that I don't feel comfortable with, but I'll say it anyway given the context and I'll explain myself. Um Sammy Watkins. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Look, I don't want to recommend Sammy Watkins. Please don't start him if you have options, but if you're desperate, look, the Raiders are, the Raiders give up 15 yards of caps to wide receivers. And this is full narrative street. I'm going full narrative street, but the chiefs are pissed off about how the Raiders did a victory lap around, around Arrowhead when they beat them earlier this year. So I, I full on expect a beat down. And a beatdown typically means Mahomes' big numbers, right? Right. And right. In, in the five games Watkins has, Watkins has played, he's been targeted at least seven times in three of them. So I think he's going to get to targets. I think the Chiefs are going to score a boatload of points. And I would not be surprised if Watkins puts up like a five and seven, five for 75, one touchdown line. And I want to say Watkins was uh, missed maybe two games before the bye, but he's had the bye to get healthy. He should be back this week. And, oh, that's, I mean, it's for, not for the faint of heart. I have to tell you that. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, him, nothing said like it's related is for the faint of heart, bro. Nothing. Yeah, bro. It has to be that, you know, you're playing in a three receiver league. You have two of the guys on bye, that kind of thing. But, you know, listen to Kevin, man. Take a chance. Hail Mary. Um, uh, Kevin, my tight end sleeper for this week is Jared Cook. He gave me a donut last week in the live league. Uh, it was horrible. But he, it's the matchup, you mentioned James Winston. And, um, bro, they're playing against the Falcons. They gave up the most fantasy points to tight ends this year. And, you know, he's not going to get you a donut, man. And, you know, like, I mean, I don't expect a donut back-to-back weeks. If anything, you know, if Winston is going to keep it, you know, safe, his first week is starting, it, you know, he should be targeting his tight end. So that's what I expect this week. And, Kevin, who do you have as a tight end bust for this week? Man, I'm not going to lie. This was the single hardest thing to do in the, out, in, in, the, in the outline that you gave me because all of them, uh, as, as we've said, you know, multiple times in the show, like after the top three, it gets ugly quick, rather quickly. So I, I, I picked Hayden Hurst just because he plays for the Falcons. Like, legitimately, that's it. Like, he plays with the Falcons. The Saints are a pretty good defense. The Falcons fuck things up for everybody all the time. They might <laughs> fuck your fantasy league up, too. The, the, your fantasy team up, too. That's the only reason I picked Hayden Hurst. I didn't know who else to pick. All of them have pretty good matchups, too. I was looking through, I was like, okay, this, this team is 20th versus tight ends. This team is 16th. This team is 22nd. I'm like, damn, I can't, I, can't get a, I can't get a layup. Like, I can't get, oh, yeah, you know, this team is first against tight ends. Don't start this guy. Like, no, yeah. I couldn't get that. So I was like, all right, fuck it. I picked the Falcon player. Yeah, the tight end is the toughest one to call a bust because of the fact that the position is not as deep and anybody a bust is kind of, you know, you're starting these players because you have to, in a sense, because there's no better option in the way of wire. So, yeah, I mean, but that's the point of, you know, picking and, you know, putting it out in the podcast so that we could uh, go back and say that how horrible we are at making these picks. And, Kevin, I'm going to move on to the Vegas bets of the week that I we do and speaking of horrible picks I've been horrible this year I want to say my record with these picks is 7 and 16 Woof. Take. yeah I've been horrible horrible Woof. so I laugh at myself in that manner because hey bro like this I, I I bet every week I do my parlays I've come close some weeks some weeks I'm just off completely but that's the point of Vegas spreads is you know Vegas knows more than we do 
It's not going to be easy. And I think this year of all the years, because of the fact that there's no real home field advantage, it's been even harder than usual. And I want to say that a, a lot more teams are winning on the road this year than in the past because of the fact that, you know, there's no real home field advantage. So, Kev, I'm going to start off first with my first pick, and that's the Packers plus two and a half at Indy. I don't understand. And, I mean, I'm just going by, you know, I understand the Colts look good on Thursday night. They beat the uh, Titans at Tennessee. And I kind of feel like that's the only reason why the Packers are underdogs. But I'll go with Aaron Rodgers, not Phillip Rivers, even on the road. And I'll take the points. My pick, my first pick, I will pick Cleveland. They're favored by three and a half against Philly. Look, do I want to pick the Cleveland Browns? No. Um, The Eagles stink. Like, I, I can't be said harshly enough. The Eagles stink. They're going on the road. Um, Wentz has been bad, as we mentioned before. Wentz also has, loves to take sacks for some fucking reason. Miles Garrett is on the other team. I think you guys can do your own math on that. Two plus two is four. Miles Garrett's going to get a whole bunch of sacks. going to hit the quarterback a bunch. He's going to have a great time. And the Eagles are probably going to lose. Lose. That's how I view it. That's hilarious. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Um, right now, deliberating between if I should hold on to the Eagles defense against, you know, Mayfield, even though they're on the road, or pick up the Browns defense and start them against Wentz. But if it's worth the waiver claim itself, or, you know, that kind of thing. So is it, like, worth doing that waiver claim or hold on to the waiver claim and, you know, pick up a defense that might be available after waiver claims, that kind of thing. So I'm torn between that. Kev, who do you have as your second pick against the spread? I have New England. They're favored by two and a half. I was not aware that this game was on the road. I just assumed that she was at home, but I read it wrong. But Houston's not serious about winning football games. So I will pick the Patriots anyway. The pa- the Patriots are an interesting team in the fact that they look kind of ugly on a week-to-week basis, but they're four and five. And like with a bounce here and a bounce there, they could be six and three. So I think they're more or less an average football team. And Houston is a bad one. So... I think I think New England just beats beats them by ten or so at home, um, on the road. Excuse me. I'm a little upset that I didn't have this pick for myself, given the fact that I have Deshaun Watson as a bus and Damon Harris as a sleeper for this week. So you know, but but your pick goes to you know my fantasy picks. It lines up, and so my next pick I have here is Tennessee Titans plus six and a half at Baltimore. I just think that you know they keep it close enough that you know the Ravens haven't been. This is the crazy thing about it on the podcast. Every time I pick against the the Ravens, they have covered, and I've been wrong, completely wrong. And so I might end up being completely wrong again. But I just feel like this line, and given the fact that you know the Titans have extra days to rest, they play Thursday night. uh, I just think they keep it close enough. To me, six points is too much. The Ravens haven't been as great as they looked last year for them to be favored by this much, but basically by a touchdown. So I'm taking the Titans on the points. And my last pick, and Kev, you saw the, you saw the template for the podcast. I have the Jets I did. plus eight and a half at Los Angeles against the Chargers, against Herbert, my dude. I just, again, it kind of goes the same thing. If there's any team as bad as the Falcons and blowing games, is the Chargers. I know you Jeff fans don't want the Jets to win, and they shouldn't win this game. But this should, it would not surprise me. It would be like a typical Jets to win, you know, two games when they shouldn't win any games, you know, in a season. And, you know, I just look at it as probably one game here that's probably a little winnable. And, yo, Flacco did not look that bad the other last week. So, Ronnie, stop this. Stop, stop <laughs> this. Stop, stop this. Like, no, no, the, Jet, the Jets shouldn't win. No, the Jets aren't going to win. And, yes, Flacco's bad. Stop this. It would be typical Jets. Stop this. Stop, stop putting that energy out into the universe, okay? Like, the Jets need to lose every single game. They need to go 0-16, and that's that. That's that. Period. Your reaction is the exact reason why I had to make this pick. I just needed that. I needed that. Uh, no, they don't need to win. No. Win what? Beat what? No. Don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> don't. No. All right. Well, I'll start trolling. I just I had to troll a little bit. No, no but I do like the for, for the spread-wise, I do expect the, 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 the Chargers to win the game, probably by a touchdown, but it's eight and a half points, bro. Like, I just, you know, just give the just keep it close enough. Like, I agree with I you. I get spanked. I agree with you, for the record, because the Chargers just find new and, and creative ways to blow games every week. They're not going to blow this one, but they're going to try. <laughs> like, they try, they, they do this every week. Like they, the, the Chargers have been playing the same exact football game for three years. Like, every Sunday, like, they're down by six with two minutes left. Every Sunday. Like, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is, who the coach is, who the players are. Every week, by Sunday, you could turn your, your TV on at 7.00. 20 Eastern time, and the Chargers are down by six, driving to win the game. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the last one was cra- the craziest one. Like, not not this week, though. Not against the Dolphins. The week prior was just like, damn. Like, this dude, and I don't even know that, that Coach Anthony Lynn lasts is, uh, after this year. I mean, I don't see oh, he Oh, he won't. He definitely won't. He's gone. Like, he, he lucked into the fact that, you know, that doctor punctured uh, Tyra Taylor's lungs or whatnot. Or and they still have won punch. two games, haven't they? Yeah. Like two, no, two, but two, I don't that. Like, just the fact that he was going to be stubborn enough to not start Herbert this whole time. Right. Like, yeah, we should. He should get credit for the fact that Herbert looks this good. You know what I'm saying? Like, right? Nah, I don't think so. Kevin, who's your last pick for against the Vegas Reds? As I mentioned earlier, the Kansas City Chiefs at they're six and a half point favorites in Vegas. I think they are pissed off. I think they are angry. I think they're gonna play knuck a few buck on repeat in the locker room before the game. Uh-huh. I think they are going to come out and they are going to kick the shit out of the Raiders on Sunday. And I, I think it's going to be something like 48-21 or something along those lines. I think that six and a half points is free money, personally, but I don't bet. So please do not go and bet your, your mortgage or your house on, on on the Chiefs. Don't do that. But I feel pretty confidently with that pick, though. And you're making me rethink all this ass-kicking talk of the Chiefs and the Raiders. You're making me rethink maybe I should claim the Chiefs' defense for this week. I did already. They've looked good. In spurts, but, like, not against, you know, certain teams that get the, the negative points, man, like those weeks where they right. just happen to score too many points where the other team just puts up, you know, keeps up with them. And then it's like, fuck, keeping up. And then they, you know, give you negative fantasy points. So that's what scares me. But if you're claiming them, more power to you. Kevin, I appreciate you doing the podcast with me. If you want to give your, your podcast a plug, uh, I don't know if you want to upload this podcast on your, on your end as well. I'll try to share that with you, but uh, give it a plug. I will. Um, my podcast is All In With Kevin. I speak about the major events happening in sports and also, you know, the fancy sports side of things. So give it a listen, rate, review, subscribe. Once again, All In With Kevin. Uh, once again, Kevin, thank you for being on the podcast. Uh, hopefully have you on again in due time and uh, I'll, I'll catch you on the other side. Sure, man.